Hello friends, this is Baal Kadmon, and I would like to thank you for watching, listening, or reading this podcast. As some of you know, I sent a survey out to everyone and asked if a regular podcast was of interest, and the answer was a resounding yes. Thank you for that. In this podcast, I will cover a few topics that I think you might find interesting, all of them based on questions I've received. Before I do that, I just want to let you know what I'm working on. I'm at the end of the research phase for the Mesopotamian course, and I know you will love it. I mean, I am truly excited to get it out to you. Stay tuned. Okay, let's get to it. I get questions regarding either my books and courses or general questions on a daily basis, and I'm glad to answer them. I try to get to all the emails in a timely manner, but I, I just I can't always do so. I thought about getting an assistant, but then I feel like the answers would lose my voice, and so I'd just rather answer them myself, even if it takes me forever. In this podcast, I will also answer one personal question as well. So if you have any, just feel free to email me, and uh, don't hold back. Ask anything, and maybe I will address it in the podcast. So this week's questions are good ones. Question one. I have your 72 angels of the name and the 72 demon course. I've been working with several angels and demons at a time. Is it a good idea to work with more than three or four angels or demons at once? Well, this is a good question. I find from my own experience and the experience of many I've spoken to over the years is that when working with many angels or demons at once or any of these spirits, it makes for a hard time. Uh, your energy is spread out too thin, and just on a practical level, it is wise to use one or two tops at a time so you can develop a connection with them. I'm a big proponent of building a rapport with the spirits I work with. This makes all the difference in the world. Also, something else to keep in mind is that you also want to see what is working for you, right? If you are working with multiple entities for the same purpose, you will not know what is truly working for you. Look, the reality is many of us work or have worked with entities for things we look to experience in this world. And to have a close relationship with an entity that is working with you is vital, but you need to know who that entity is. I go through phases in which I will work with one spirit for weeks and months at a time. It's something to consider. Thank you again for that question, and for those who are interested in those two courses, you can uh, take a look at them at occultcourses.com. Next question. Are egregores effective to work with? This is another excellent question. As many of you know, the topic of egregores, sometimes known as thought forms in some circles, is a sensitive one, and I, and I don't think it should be, when you really think about it. But first, for those who may not know what an egregore is, essentially, an egregore is, in simple terms, is a spirit entity that owes its creation and existence to the collective thoughts and workings of many people, either at once or over long stretches of time. There is a somewhat similar idea proposed by the scientist Rupert Sheldrake, who studies biological systems, and discovered something called morphic resonance. To sum up what that theory is, he states in Presence of the Past, Things are as they are because they were as they were. When the collective body of individuals practiced or believe in something, 
A kind of information field is created and the successive attempts at the same activity or belief of the collective can be tapped into, for lack of a better term. In this sense, even certain experiences are a sort of a form of egregoric activity, right? Because so many people have practiced and believed in something, it essentially becomes as real as anything else. So the debate in the occult community is, is working with an egregore less than working with, say, a god of the Egyptian pantheon? My answer is simple, no. You may get the same results and connections as you would with any other entity. I know this sounds almost heretical, but think about it. Nearly all the angels and demons and spirits we work with share one thing in common. The more people work with them, the stronger they become, and the more available they become. For all we know, every single spirit we work with is an egregore that has morphed and taken shape since the very beginning of time. There was at least one person or a group of people at one point who first conceived of worshipping any type of spirit, a particular spirit. Either they conceived of this through a divine revelation or not. Do we know for sure that if people did not worship, uh, say, the goddess Isis for thousands of years, that working with her today would be different? It probably would be different. I'm not saying that all the gods and goddesses are egregores, but how would one distinguish if they were or were not? And I'm talking about more objectively something outside of personal gnosis. Please let me know what you think about this. I would be very interested. Please email me at reshef at baalkadmon.com. I would love to hear from you about it. And please, you know, let's keep it civil. I know this is a, a, a pretty hot topic for some. I'm just proposing a dialogue. That's all. Now, I want to get to the personal question. Uh, I think it's very important that I answer personal questions so, you know, I can get to know you better and you get to know me better. I'm going to make it a regular occurrence on these podcasts. So if you have any questions, just uh, feel free to email me. This week's question is, do you believe in the divine? Well, thank you for the question. And I'm assuming uh, you're referring to uh, uh, really what you're asking is, do I believe in God? I guess the thing I can answer for sure is that I'm a theistic occultist. I definitely am. I do believe in a spiritual order and that the spiritual paths we lead are part of the same general tapestry. It's for this reason I can ask the demon Pazuzu for assistance while having just earlier called upon Mother Mary. I don't have problems with those kinds of things. I can venerate a saint on Monday and conjure Bell's bub on Tuesday. I will offer my blood to Tiamat in a ritual, but also participate in nine-day novena to St. Jude. <laughs> I feel that this allows me to remain open to the spirit world. I do not always agree with underlying doctrines, of course, but that does not mean that the spiritual elements of those faiths are all wrong. The occult texts that we hold dear are a product of elements of religions we may not all be fond of. But yet, we will accept those ideas anyway. You know, for example, although I don't think the story of Jesus happened as, it's, as it is said in the New Testament, I still find the idea of Jesus to be a beautiful and wonderfully complicated story. People walk into my altar rooms and can't make heads or tails of it because I'll have a rusted imposing crucifix on the same altar as a demon. 
I'll have Martha the Dominator on the same altar as Pazuzu. Some might say, well, with all that going on, do you even master any one system? And that question reminds me of that saying, a jack of all trades is a master of none. You know, often people will use that as an insult, but they actually take it out of context. The full saying is, a jack of all trades is a master of none, but oftentimes better than a master of one. It was originally meant as a compliment. So to me, it's a beautiful thing. I know many will not agree with me, but from my own personal practice and from my experiences, I could not imagine being any other way. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. See you in the next one. So mote it be.